This is Rebecca Fleetwood Hessian, host of the Badass Women's Council podcast, and I'm super glad that you're here. We provide reflection and connection for the high-achieving woman. So obviously, the podcast episode you're listening to by yourself. So the connection you can find at badasswomenscouncil.community. Come on in and join us. All right, here we go. I'm not coming down. Hello, this is Rebecca Fleetwood Hessian, host of the Badass Women's Council podcast, and I'm super glad that you're here. Today on the show, we have Madison White, who I found on TikTok, where all weirdness and greatness and stories reside. Welcome, Madison. It's good to have you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. I'm a little nervous, but I'm excited to do this. (laughs) It's going to be fun, I promise. So here's what I love and why I reached out to you, Madison. You started a movement called If Found, Please Read. And you wrote your story in a journal one day and decided to then copy that same story, your story, mm-hmm. and leave it in public places for people to find your story and then be um, incent- then, then be inspired to write their story and respond back to you. And everything that I care about in the world is rooted in story. So the the minute that I saw this, I was like, oh my gosh, I have to talk to her. Um, and, and before I, I jump in and get all kinds of greatness from you, I wanted, there was a few more things on your website that I just think are profound in your work and my work and how they cross over is that Yes, it's rooted in story, but story meant for connection. And the deepest human need that we have is to be seen, heard, and known. So your project is fueling connection in this beautiful way. And one of the things that you said on your website is, I wanted to feel like I mattered and I wanted others to feel like they mattered too. And I think this is a perfect illustration of what can happen if you just follow your nudge and follow your heart and just do the damn thing. And then when people started saying, well, what's the purpose of this? And this, this is our industrial age model of work that is just hammered in all of us. Your immediate questioning yourself was, well, should this make money? Should I charge for it? And purpose does not have to be financial. This, I want to start the age of humanity. And what you said is, The purpose is to turn the streets of our cities into a giant public library of humanity. Holy shit. I am here for that. So what's funny is the whole idea started and it wasn't really to get other people to share their stories initially. It was No, I just put the book out and I put, I was handwritten from cover to cover. 
And I honestly got a little tipsy when I was writing it and just like, didn't hold anything back. And I didn't, I didn't have a purpose of where the story was going or what I was writing about. And then I just put my name, address and phone number and an email and said, do with this what you will. Like that, that part of the project too, is so interesting to me because there's no rules and there's no expectation. And somebody can find it and be like, this person's a nutbag. And then somebody else can find it and be like, oh my gosh, I relate to this, this, this. And then somebody else finds it and just leaves it. They're like, I don't want to read somebody's stuff. You know, like me not knowing where this is going to go is kind of the coolest part. And it definitely has evolved now because I have had such a positive experience with it and like really incredible interactions with people through this that I would encourage people to share their stories. Um, But I mean, people can also do it anonymously. Like to me, just the writing was therapeutic. Yeah. Like, honestly, I kind of worked some stuff out that I was like, wow, I didn't realize I held on to that. <laughs> you know, I must have an underlying issue there. Um, so and, and I write a lot now. I'm not a writer. I never pretend to be. I think that's also why people- Well, you connect- are because you write. Here's, here's another thing. You won't call yourself a writer because you haven't quote unquote been paid to do it. And yeah. that's again, our industrial age model. I didn't call myself a writer for a long time. I've been writing since I was a child, we've all been writing and, and we take these creative roles and we want to squash them down unless we're being paid for them. And I want to stop that. I think what it's It's true, the value that that you've derived from it is better than any paycheck in, in a lot of ways. I completely agree with that. And that's, you know, we talked about this a second before we jumped on, it's never been about me making money. And that's, what's hard when people come in and they're like, you know, what are you trying to do with this? And I'm like, literally just get people to share their stories. That's it. I don't need it to be more than that. Um, a lot of what I'm doing right now, I'm kind of pumping any money I get in from the sale of books. I'm just putting it right back in and, and giving books away mm-hmm. to people that, you know, might so not. So it's a self-funded project in, yeah. in, in that way. So that in and of itself is better than some nonprofits that exist in the world. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, and what you said was, you know, I got a little tipsy and I just let it all flow. And the the message there that is so profound is that when we just allow ourselves to be our complete, authentic, free self, that yeah. is what connects people. And one of the responses you got, I saw on the website, he actually stated, I loved how authentic or and genuine or something like that. I loved how emotional it was. He said, I loved the emotion that you put into it. And our day-to-day work, even if you go to work in corporate America, if we temper back our emotions and our authenticity, we don't connect with people. I completely agree. That is the part. And that's why when, when I did, you know, want to finance another round out on the road and people are telling me to change it, they told me that I have to hire a ghostwriter. And they told me that I have to put it in a different journal and all of this stuff. And listen, I was embarrassed with what I wrote, even when I, as I'm copying it over 50 times, I'm like, Oh my gosh, why did I say that? Um, but I, I made a like rule to myself that like that, that is, that was, I was writing with no purpose. So, and, and actually I've struggled a little bit on this time out because now I do have a purpose and that's to spread the idea bigger and get people to do it. And I feel like I wasn't like, I wasn't being as honest or being as forthcoming or, or there was, there was a little bit more of a restraint or a holdback that I had. So that part of it was crucial because I think everyone that found it, what, what I thought was fascinating was each person connected to a different part of what I was writing about, whether it was, you know, heartbreak or whether it was, you know, my, my uh, family members struggle with addiction or, or this or that people related to one part. And every time within a very few sentences or email exchange or them calling me, 
I got out of them like, wow, that part really hit me. And, you know, I went through this and that's when they would open up. And I, the first maybe five times someone found it, it was truly magic. I mean, I was like chills head to toe, jumping up and down. Yeah. I was just, I, I couldn't believe, first of all, someone listened, you know, to my rambling and, and babbling on in a, in a book and then that they would open up and be so with a complete stranger. Like you, it's funny. I do this thing. I work in Charlotte and sometimes, you know, I'll walk down the street and one morning I, I just said like, good morning to a couple of people. And I ended up the entire way to work. And I think it's like five blocks. I said hello to every single person I walked by and I couldn't even believe people were like taken back and they were surprised by it. Or they were like, uh, hi, good morning. Like one guy gave me a high five and he was like, good morning. And I'm like, if you just open yourself up to people, they really are like looking for that connection. We, we're craving it. Yes. And especially now, I think it's more important than ever. It's funny you say that because I do the same thing and I have trails that I run or walk by. My, and I feel like my job is to smile and spread joy on the trail. And that always yes. makes me feel better too. And you're That's right. what so I was going to say. It makes me feel so, I, I was walking on a cloud going to yeah. school. Amazing. <laughs> and then some people are like, bitch, please, what's wrong with you? But others, like you said, you know, there's this, this probably 90 year old man that I love when I encounter him because he is, he evokes joy and I can't wait when I see him coming. I'm like, Oh yeah, here he comes. Like, I love him. (laughs) So I love that. The connection is the piece that I am so in love with your story. And I think it's so hysterically ironic and sad that someone actually said to you, I think you need a ghostwriter. Like multiple, multiple what, people. Like, okay. So you're going to hire someone to tell your story to what fancy it up. Yep. Oh, hell no. Uh, <laughs> and, and that is, well, ex- listen, I, if I was looking to publish that book, totally get it. That's not I, the if point. I'm looking to like have a book on the best sellers list, absolutely hire someone away. I am, I'm going to ramble my way right into, you know, people not being able to read it, but for what I was doing, and then somebody else said that I couldn't handwrite it. I had to type it. And I was like, you, you do realize that that won't work. Like it has to be handwritten and genuine and my voice. Otherwise it won't work. So, okay. Pause. It has to be handwritten, genuine, and my voice or else it won't work. You have just stated the biggest human lesson on the planet. And for leaders everywhere, we have a lot of uh, high achieving career women that listen to this podcast. That's the deal. It has to be you. It has to be your voice. It has to be authentic or people won't connect and trust you. And and your, your project is just showcasing that in such a big, bold, beautiful way. And and I love that it transformed you a bit too, actually. It transformed you not only in writing it, but the experience has completely changed your life. Tell us a little bit of, yeah, tell us about that. I love that. (laughs) This is so crazy because it's kind of a long story, but um, I think the biggest thing is two weeks before the trip and and I was generally kind of a free spirit and, you know, I I just, I love people. I worked in restaurants forever. So I I really do like that interaction. Um, I had gone to a, a show up on sunset. And it was a musician that like, we had acquaintances through the years or whatever, but we ended up talking after the show and he was asking, what are you doing? What's going on with this project? And I was like, I'm going on the self-proclaimed book tour. And I'm You're in job. LA at the time, right? Dabbling was, in yeah. acting, mostly waitressing, yeah, exactly. doing, doing the thing. Okay. Keep going. Yeah. Um, so 
I got so excited and I was just like, you know, I'm, I'm getting on a bus. I'm going to drive across the country and leave these books and blah, blah, blah. And he kind of like looked at me like you're insane, but also, um, he started talking about that, that he really lost a connection with music and kind of the way somebody told me to get a ghostwriter. He, he would have, he would take these label meetings and they'd be like, this is going to be your single and you have to release this and blah, blah, blah. And, and it was way more structured than he was used to kind of building his fan base. So he's like, I just, I don't know why I want to do this anymore. Um, so by the end of the conversation, I, I mean, I say this in my video and I don't mean to curse, but he said, fuck it, I'm in. And it was, I was kind of like, you're what? <laughs> um, for, for like a second. And then I was like, wait, really? Like, you'll, you'll do this? And he's like, I have a car, I'll drive. Let's, let's just get in the car and go and see how far it takes us. And, and, you know, I'll play little coffee shops. He played, he played a, a show for about 10 homeless people when we went up to Canada in this huge park. And it was like, and that's what it was like. So through the Make book, I kind of found myself. <laughs> it was amazing through the book. I kind of found myself. And then through the experiences on the road, just meeting people on the road. And then there was actually, I was writing about this not too long ago. Um, there was a man I, I went because I was writing 50 books and I was all along the road. I was writing, I went to breakfast and I'm copying this all down. And this, it was this older gentleman. And he just started asking me, he's like, what are you, nobody writes anymore. What are you, what are you working on? And so I told him all about it. He ended up picking up my breakfast, which like in the scheme of things, it's such a sweet gesture. I don't think you understand. I had $2,000 for that entire trip. We were sleeping in Walmart parking lots in the back of a car, pitching a tent, like on the cement, him buying me that breakfast meant so much more than this man can ever know. His name is John. I hope that one day, like our paths cross again, because I never got his information, but like, that's what it became about. It became about those experiences on the road. And then, and then of course me and, and this musician who I didn't know from a hole in the wall ended up falling in love. I mean, it was the most romantic things you could possibly have happened. We had a little AM FM radio and we were on a mountainside and I, I can't even remember maybe Montana or something. And it was snowing outside and the windows were fogging up and we were just talking and laughing. And it was like, this is, this is like romance movies. <laughs> I was going to say, somebody needs to pick this up for, for a rom-com. I mean, my gosh. But, and, and, and the thing I want to highlight that you said as well is that he said, fuck it, I'm in because one, he was also feeling disenchanted with his own life. But I believe that, and, and studies science will say that fuck it, I'm in comes from your excitement about the trip, not his pain and disappointment about his life. It just so happens that it married there. But if you want to engage people, whether it's leading teams at work or your family at home or wherever you are, the way you engage people is to get excited about your own life. And then people want to be a part of it. It's so interesting. You're saying this because I'm at a like big, like kind of crossroads, I guess you'd call it right now. So I'm the VP of operations for a $30 million company. And <laughs> I worked really hard, like insanely Talk hard. Talk about a trajectory of a story. It's like, oh, wait, hold, please. Okay. Well, that's going. what I'm saying. Sometimes I'm this version of myself that wrote this book. And that's why I think so. So I don't think we told everybody this, but I left yesterday on a seven day trip. I'm going across country. I'm driving. I'm doing the same thing this time. I'm just putting out journals for people to fill out themselves. Um, I only write like maybe four or five pages because that's all I could, I could do. But, um, but so I'm going on this trip and I'm, I'm kind of going back to that person I was 10 years ago when I started this and that free spirited carefree. I, I mean, we stopped, I, I've been on the road one day. We 
saw chickens and um, calves and all this stuff in a roadside country kitchen cafe. And then we like, I'm doing that whole thing where you just experience things on the road. But also when I go back to work, like sometimes because of my position and my title, I don't get to feed that part of my soul. You know, like I have to be in charge of people and I have to make decisions and I have to hold people accountable to things. And what you just said about, you know, telling people things with excitement is so effective in leadership. And actually you just kind of reminded me that. And I think, I think this trip, I think I'm going to go back and I'm going to lead differently a little bit. I think I will. That makes me so happy. And you just, I wrote a book called write your own story, three keys to rise and thrive as a badass career woman. And it just launched. And one of the key elements I talk about is knowing yourself and knowing yourself from a heart and soul perspective Mm -hmm. and this concept of soul food, you know, what you feed grows, right? It's, it's nature. And so if we don't feed our own souls based on who we are and what we need, you dwindle and die. We don't expect our jobs or others. I'm like getting chills to to do that right to me right now. And that's what you're doing. You said, okay, you're probably feeling a little burnout if you've got a job that big, because that's part of the deal. And being that level of leadership, it gets, it gets lonely. It gets frustrating. And you didn't say, I'm going to take a bubble bath and pour a Chardonnay. You said, fuck it, I'm in. And you loaded up the car and you said, you know, I'm going to cross the country and go back to what I know fills my soul up, which is your gypsy spirit. And I'm here for it. That's, that's <laughs> badass. That's, that's the stuff girlfriend. And and I bet that's true. I bet you will go back a different leader because your soul will be filled back up. Yeah. And, and the same thing. I'm a mom. I have a five-year-old and an eight-year-old and and a wife and all of those things that like you get really wrapped up in the stress and the, the rush of everything. And, and, you know, I travel a lot for my job too. So, so that puts a whole different stress factor on family and everything. And I'm going to go back a better mom. I'm going to go back a better wife. I I needed this. And I I did feel a lot of guilt. Um, My husband told me I could do this for mother's day. And I was like, Oh no, that's a long time. And you know, I I just, and I felt a lot of guilt of like, should moms like check out from being a mom for a week? That's kind of messed up. Absolutely. (laughs) Should should. I even want that? Um, but I'm so glad, I'm so glad I did it. And, and, and this is, and this is musician guy that we're talking about, which is now a husband, father of the babies. Like it's, it's a true love story of y'all are still together. Yeah. And we went through it. I mean, it has not been easy. We, um, so after we finished the, the book tours that we did, and then, we came back to LA. We had fallen in love with so many different cities. So we ended up moving to Austin. Um, we were just both over LA at that point. We had such amazing experiences on the road. So we moved there and I, gosh, I think I was there about nine months and then I got pregnant. And I mean, I, the entire time I was like a relationship phobe. I was like, I didn't commit and, and any of that stuff. Um, so, you know, getting pregnant and now starting a life and all of that seemed very, out of my wheelhouse. (laughs) Um, and so we had to really quickly kind of turn it around, um, and become adults and figure stuff out. And again, we talk about like feeding your soul. Like I I did lose a good piece of myself right there. Cause I went from this like wild child, free living, driving across the country on a whim to, 
okay, we have to get jobs and I have a human to raise. time. Is it a certain time every day? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and I also wasn't working and I, I, I worked since I was 14 years old. Um, and I was a stay at home mom for the first three years. And that was really tough for me. <laughs> well, because your values then your value relevance comes from a different place and it's yeah. hard to shift that. I, it's so funny. Our stories, it, it, and this happens, right? You hear this from the people that respond to you, how, how many similarities there are in people's stories, even living vastly I different lives. Sharing yeah. the <laughs> and because when I had my first child, I was, um, I was, uh, you know, I had been around, I ran away from home too. We'll talk about that another day. Um, <laughs> And, and that, that's my life started with just adventure and curiosity. And then I landed in this like corporate kind of role. And then all of a sudden I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm going to be a mom. And there was like bets in the office about whether I was going to hack it as a mom. Cause nobody could picture me as a mom. They could only see me as the corporate leader that, you know, had been really successful in this job. And so there was like a, I think an over and under betting pulled about whether I was going to oh make it God. or not because, and because nobody could see that shift. Just yeah. like you couldn't see that shift in you either, but we figure yeah. it out. You know? Yeah. Yeah. We figure it out. Exactly. So your kids are five and eight. Now you're, you're in this corporate role. Um, not really corporate. So I, I work for a restaurant group, um, okay. and I oversee, five restaurants right now. We're opening a sixth Q4 and then we have one opening in Denver. So we're kind of, we're expanding rapidly coming out of COVID. There's been a lot just with that job in and of itself. And I've learned a tremendous amount Mm -hmm. because I didn't come from that. I came from, I mean, honestly, I was a, I was a server for them four years ago and worked my way up. I was just going to say, I bet you are going to tell me a story where you went from server to, to vice president. Yeah which I love these stories because you're still using your gifts and talents. You understand what it means to be a great server because you've done the job and you still have that gypsy spirit at play because you're opening restaurants in different parts of the country. Right. So I'm guessing you get to go explore different areas and say, is this going to make it or not? So it's amazing when we give ourselves the opportunity to reflect, there's a lot of our story and the patterns that follow through with it, that we can see how we got to where we are. If we really look at it, especially when it's not the traditional route, right. That I went to school. I did this. I got a four. I didn't do any of that either. And so it's fun for me to see the pattern that plays out in people's lives. What's funny about that is that's kind of our whole company is made up of people like that. It's a company that really does give opportunity to people that have kind of been looked over or they find it in you and they give you these huge responsibilities before you're trained you know, traditionally trained or anything like that and, and let you really grow. Oh, sorry. <laughs> There's a kid in the hallway. <laughs> they let Love you kind it. of grow into the role. Um, and that that's exactly how this happened. I, I really did fall into it. But it, there's an element of me falling into things. And also like, I, I truly, truly believe that I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. I got this job serving because of a friend of mine that lived in LA that had worked for this company across the country in South Carolina. Um, she worked there, you know, years before, and I hadn't even unpacked my U-Haul before I went and interviewed with them for a job. And like, and now I look at it five years later and what it's turned into, I'm like, there was a reason it was this company, you know, they took me under their wing and they kind of like developed me and, and into this ultimately what I think I am, what I think my role should be, <laughs> you know? 
Oh my gosh. I love when this happens. Cause we had no idea where this conversation was going to go. We just met 23 <laughs> minutes ago. Um, but I, I created this program for this experience, not really a program for this summer called your best summer ever. And it's for career women to recapture the freedom of childhood summer, because I believe oh. that when you live with that, that free spirit, the right things do come to you. And what happens to us when we let work rule our lives, we go into this sense of controlling everything. And, mm-hmm. and the business does need to control, measure, and optimize. There's sales that needs to be had. There's expenses that need to be managed. That is a part of the deal. But our human lives are personal, emotional, and social. And when we leave ourselves open to possibilities of things to find us, and when we just become part of that energy of interacting and smiling and saying good morning to people as we walk, it's amazing what will find us without us even. Looking. I totally agree. And I think that like-minded people kind of all come together. Like the same thing with my husband, you know, there's a reason that he, that we were there that night and we had that conversation. I told him what I was doing and he went on this trip. Like I, I the same thing with my job. I feel like a lot of my coworkers um, and certainly ownership in my company, we're like-minded, you know, we're not the same by any means, but, but like-minded. And then they just kind of attract in these yeah. pockets in my life. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm deep into studying really the, the neuroscience of that. I'm people that listen to the podcast know that I'm not afraid to talk about my faith. And I think that's a huge, God created all of this energy and stuff, but that whole idea of the energy field and like attract, like, and being open to that is a real thing. You can, you can argue if you want, but it's freaking science. (laughs) I I also feel like I'm sitting here talking to you in the same thing, you know, like that, that, you know, yeah. you randomly reached out to me on TikTok and I've, and know, I was I'm not, that di- I was not looking for, I was not like, Oh, I'm going to open TikTok today and look for a podcast right. guest. I was, yes. I was doing what anybody does when they're on TikTok. I was not doing the other stuff that I'm supposed to be doing and <laughs> taking it, right. taking a break. And I'm, as I'm scrolling through it, I, it just hit me. I was like, and I looked at your stuff. I was like, Oh, and I didn't even hesitate. I hadn't even looked at your website yet. I just messaged you. I went to message you and I just said, Hey, you want to be on the show? Because I just knew. I love that. You just know. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So you're headed out. You've got a week and you're just going <laughs> to see what cities come up next. And so, so you're every morning, dropping off journals, right? Yeah. So every morning I kind of wake up and I have a couple different routes in mind. Um, there was a couple cities that I was like, like I really want to hit this especially since the kind of weather this time of year, I wanted to go North more Northern. (laughs) Um, but there's no set plan. You know what I did yesterday? Actually, I said yesterday was going to be like a nine and a half hour day. I had to make it from Charleston to Bowling Green, Kentucky. And I stupidly booked the hotel, which I didn't book anything this entire trip, but like midway through the day, I booked the hotel. And then we kept going on all of these, like I call them fun stops, but like these little excursions. And we, I, dude, I went to Greenville, South Carolina, and that place was amazing. And then we went to Asheville, and I was like, I could stay. Oh in my Asheville. god, I love Asheville. I just spent four days in Asheville. Oh, I could have spent four days. <laughs> it yes. was amazing. And so I kept getting sidetracked. It ended up being like a 15, 15 and a half hour day, and I got back to the hotel, and I was like, okay, I'm dead. And so we're not going to do that again. So <laughs> that's what I like about it. Is just kind of wake up in the morning and be like, how far does this take me? Listen, worst case scenario, my my 
idea is to get all the way back to LA because I really want to put a book where I started this in the, the little newsstand cafe. Um, but if I don't make it, I don't make it, you know, like I don't want to have any time constraints or any, anything stopping me from doing these little, you know, side. Ventures. I love that on day one, you learned that lesson. You went back to your old, oh. your old work life and said, Oh, yes. I should probably have a reservation. I should probably, yes. that's not how this started. Yes. It's true. <laughs> that's totally true. Actually, what's funny is the first round out, my husband had booked little trips, like, because he, he had toured, you know, the country and he booked little coffee shops and little places all along the road. So there would be times that he's like, no, no, we have to go. Oh. But he drove he had a gig somewhere. Trip. Yeah. Yeah. But he drove that entire trip. So he would like no problem do 17 hour days. He still to this day is like addicted to energy drinks because of how many he drank on that tour. I'm convinced. <laughs> My son is a songwriter and a musician, and he's headed out this fall on a um, road trip with his buddy that, and they're going to do just open mic nights across the country. And he works at Guitar Center. And so they're going to try to get to, um, LA guitar center where they've got a buddy that, that works in that location. So he's, I I'm so excited. If he makes Charleston, musicians usually never do because it's off the tour beat, but if he does, we own a music school and recording studio. So tell him to swing by. Oh my <laughs> gosh. I will. I see. There you go. Another, another connection. Exactly. Um, absolutely. Uh, what are you, so you're going to, what are you most excited about the trip? So you, you would like to get back to LA. What are some other just inspiring aspirations that you have. For I can't wait till people start finding these journals. So like I said, I only wrote like four or five pages, but I'll, I'll never forget. Like I forget. I mean, I remember where I was standing, what I was doing, like the people that were around me when I found that very first journal or when they found it and, and got in touch with me. So that's what I can't wait for. I can't wait for that moment. Oh, yesterday we actually, um, so we did put one in Asheville in this amazing little bookstore, not Asheville, Greenville, sorry. And, um, I watched the girls as they were walking up into the bookstore, they saw it and then they came back and they picked it up. They sat on the stairs for seven minutes and read. And that one, I actually had written like 13 pages. That was one of the beginning ones I did. So I had stamina to finish, but, um, they were reading it out loud to each other and they ended up hugging. I'm going to put a video on TikTok about it because like it, it I'm going to cry talking I about have it. Chills. I'm going to cry. It ended up talking about it at the, I mean, they ended up hugging at the end of it and they were just like, this is so awesome. And like hugged each other. And I was like, I can't even like, I have never got to see people finding it. There's, oh, there's one book yeah. I found in Carlson. So what actually happened was my, so my little brother came with me on this trip. Um, and he was sat there and we got this little, it's kind of like a hidden camera. It's a GoPro but it's, it's not obvious as obvious as a cell phone. Um, so he recorded the entire thing. And when I was watching it back and I'm like on the inside of the bookstore watching it happen and he's in the outside recording it. So he got to hear everything. And then I played it back. I just, it was, it's moments like that, that I'm like, I just, there's something special in this project. And it's so funny because for a long time, especially back then, I was like trying to convince people that like, there's something to this. I'm telling you, there's something to this. Well, you just witnessed it. Genuine, authentic yes. stories connect people. And, yes. and, oh. and it can happen in 13 pages. In you 13 know? pages. Yeah. So this, this time it's not the original 50 page story. It's, it's more current part of your story. Is that correct? Yeah. So this time's kind of a little bit about the project, how it started, and then kind of where I'm at today and why I'm doing it again. I love it so much. Do you, are you planning on adding to the story as you drop off things in the city? 
different cities? Like, is it going to be kind of a progressive journal? No, I'm trying to write the same thing um, in each one. It just makes it easier, especially like the writing is so time consuming that I would miss out kind of on things on the road and stuff. So I wish, I wish there was a way for me to do this faster, but like I said, I won't, I won't copy it. I won't print it. I won't anything like it has to be like this. So the, the goal, the ultimate goal is to put out a thousand right now. I'm on 31, (laughs) put out 31. I do ultimately want to put out a thousand. So I have to kind of have like a little bit of a template for time. Absolutely. You know, well, it's great that your, your brother could come along so you can write as he drives, like you did with your now husband in the original trip. Right. So he actually, um, so this is my little brother that I wrote about in the first book, which he was battling kind of addiction back then. And he relapsed, I guess it's two years ago now. And he was in a pretty bad place for a couple of years. So he just, he doesn't have a license right now, but, um, I think that's also one of the really, really specials. I didn't know I was going to talk about that, (laughs) but I think that's one of the really special parts of this trip is like, you know, a year ago, I didn't, I I saw him and I literally left him and I was like, I don't know if I'll ever see him again. Um, and now we're touring the country and he's 11 months sober and doing amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Again, uh, you get what you need when you need it. And there's lots of studies that say that lack of connection and the authenticity of story is what makes addiction come on or makes it worse. So the fact that you guys are getting a chance to spend this time together, I think is a really healing, beautiful thing. Yeah, awesome. it really is. And he's, he's as excited as I am. Like we're pulling over on road stops and he's like, yeah, let's go, let's do this. You know, like awesome. I need that energy to feed off of me. Cause I'm like, all right, we're about to jump a barbed wire fence. Let's go. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So where can people, what's your TikTok so people can follow along as you start to post some of these adventures? TikTok is at if found, please read. And then my website, I'm not really updating the website that I was telling you this before we jumped on. I don't, I'm not really doing this on my personal social media. The idea is to spread the idea, but I'm not trying to like, I kind of like the organic nature of how this happened. Honestly, what the craziest thing was I posted a video on TikTok and, um, really I was just like, I'm starting this project again. And, and I posted this video and it went viral. I didn't have the books for people to fill out yet. I had to do all that stuff in a week. And I sent the first ones to, to print and there was typos and I was horrified and embarrassed. So there's like 40 people that were in copies of this book that have typos and it's like embarrassing type. <laughs> um, and there wasn't enough pages in the first journal. And so I really did a rush job, but TikTok is really the only platform. I also, I love TikTok as a user because it's not curated and it's, it's genuine. You know, I kind of gravitate to the things that are, <laughs> if it makes you feel any better, I had six different rounds of editing for my book and on the back cover of the paperback version, my first name is misspelled. <gasps> no. <laughs> oh, that makes me feel so much better. <laughs> I'm so excited. You know, I've been writing this book for years. It's oh my story. My it's part of my business and I'm so excited and I flip it over and I'm like, you've got to be oh fucking kidding me. <laughs> hilarious. Oh, I love that. And guess what? It has not hindered um, the success of the book or the impact that it's having for the people. It gives you a good story. Yeah. (laughs) Gives me a really good, and I'm always going to save that copy of the, the misprint of my 
name on the back cover. <laughs> awesome. You know, what's funny is when I handwrite them, I don't, I could care less. I have the spelling of a fifth grader. I fully admit that, you know, run on sentences, commas where they don't belong. But it's when I like had the typed version of like the instructions and that stuff that yeah. I was like, oh, come on. Like, how did you miss that? <laughs> <laughs> really? I turned to my husband and I was like, how did you miss that? <laughs> so I was a reread this. It's authenticity. There you go. Yeah. That's the way it's going to be. Well, I'm excited for you. Let's stay connected. I feel like we Definitely. have so many things in common. This is my other favorite thing about having a podcast is the people I get to meet. Yeah. So let's stay connected. I please, before we, before we close out, let's close out with this. Tell us a couple of your favorite responses. I love the one that you got to witness the, the video of them finding it. What are some other highlights of what people have said to you when they have found the journals? Um, so there was a couple little girls in, um, gosh, I want to say Portland that found it. It wasn't Portland. It started with an S I can't remember. And they were young. I think they were like 15 years old and they went back and forth with me on email. I mean, they'd email me twice a day. So it was two little girls that found it and they were like, we're doing a summer list. And they had 50 things that they were going to do that summer. And like number four was, um, write a book and, and leave it for a stranger. And they, every little adventure they would go on, they would email me, be like, Oh my gosh. And I mean, literally, I think they told me like the first time they kissed a boy and stuff like it, it was, it became like this big sister kind of relationship, um, with them. And it was really, really sweet. And, and that, that's the funny thing is like, my book wasn't wholly appropriate for 15 year olds. I didn't really, that wasn't on my mind when I was writing. Sure. They're finding other stuff on TikTok that is yes. worse than what you yes. wrote. Yes. Totally true. Um, there was another, uh, a guy from Connecticut found it. And I used to have this on my website because it, his letter just always really stuck with me, but he went to buy a gift for, um, I think it was a family friend. And I think she was probably 16 or, or something. She was young, like a young teenage girl. And so he went to Barnes and Nobles. And at the time I was sneaking them onto the shelves at Barnes and Nobles, just like somebody randomly is going to flip through the shelves and find it. Um, and so that's how he came across it. He just said, um, you know, I was looking for the perfect gift for her and her parents were getting her this iPhone and it, it, you know, my gift was going to be nothing in comparison. And he said, but I got her this gift and she ended up their, their family dinner. They had like, you know, 10 people sitting around the table and she was reading out passages from the book. And it was just like, he's like, I gave her the greatest gift just from finding this. And, and it was funny because she, she had a brother with addiction. Like he told me a little bit about her and her story, her brother. Sorry, there's a motorcycle or something outside. <laughs> You're in Kentucky. We know all those. Um, we're in Indiana. <laughs> we, we know those Midwest sounds. <laughs> it's like shaking the walls. Um, but so he, um, her, her brother struggled with addiction as well. And she was an actor. She was in theater and all this stuff. And so there was like such similarities that he found this book and it, it was for her and it was, it was perfect. So yeah, there was a lot of those. I mean, 30, 30 people found them and got, got back to me. I mean, that, that shocked me the most. I was like, maybe one or two people like, yeah, sure. I'll talk to this stranger that I just found this random book, but it was a lot of people. Some, some people, um, I think the mental health issues, um, when people reached out with that, that was really kind of meaningful to me. They're like, you know, I was in a really bad place in my life and I came across this and it's giving me hope and, and, you know, I'm going to write my stuff. And I talked a lot about how therapeutic it was to write it. And so, you know, when people would bring that kind of stuff with me, also people deal with really heavy stuff and like, listen, my life is all over the place, but 
I've had a really good life. <laughs> and, you know, to be able to hear people in those stories, like it really does, it, it makes me overall more empathetic. And I'm pretty empathetic to begin with, but, you know, really looking at people, their reactions to things and the things they say or do or their behaviors and all of that comes from a story. It comes from a place. You're not just born that way. I can't believe you are. <laughs> so That's another key point I make in my book is when you understand everybody's story or that everyone has a story, you, you can't help but evoke empathy and yes. more vulnerability for yourself. Yeah. And I'm going to, are you, do you have audiobook? Because I got like 3,000 miles. Oh, it's, oh not it's, it's not out yet. The audience actually, I mean, the, today I send back my last revision. So um, oh, depend, awesome. depending on how long it takes them to get it up and rolling, I'll let you know when it, when it hits. Definitely, definitely <laughs> do. I am an audiobook addict. I, I love it. Cause I, I'm I'm and I read it myself. So it's, um, oh, cool. it's, it's exciting for me to hear my book in my own voice. Yes. Um, yeah, it's cool. I like it. That's so great. I will let you know when it comes out. Definitely. <laughs> this has been so awesome. Thank you again for having me on. I told you in the beginning, I was nervous and like, you made me feel very, very comfortable in it. Oh, good, good. I love what you're doing. And please, I, of course, I'll be following you on TikTok al along the way, but um, if there's any other updates that we want to come back and do a round two um, to be on the show and tell us how it went, I'd love, I'd love for you to come back. Definitely. Definitely will do. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thank you. When I work with my clients, I want them to discover their unique personal story so they can then stand tall in that story and live a life full of soul and emotions and their natural curiosity about their unique gifts, talents, and abilities so they can live a thriving life. Because our brains are hardwired for stories and our brain wants us to thrive. So I help my clients tap into that. And I also have a sponsor for this podcast called Storybook, which is a unique and innovative platform that helps you bring your company stories to life by tapping into the emotional flow and the natural curiosity that we have about your products and services. So check them out. You can go to my website, wethrive.live, click on the Stand Tall in Your Story link and see the kind of work they're doing for us, or go to their site, cantaloupe.tv, and there's hundreds of stories there that they've created that you can experience. Check them out. We're so grateful to work with them and for them to sponsor the podcast. And please join the online community at badasswomenscouncil.community where we can continue the conversation and you can meet other badass high achievers like you. Thanks so much. Make it a great day. If you like the music for the podcast, go to iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to your music and look up Cameron Hessian Clouds. You can download the full song there. He's got some other stuff out there as well. And y'all, he's my son. Be great if you'd go and download some of his stuff. I never left it on the ground. I'm not coming down. I want to go higher, higher, higher than that.